Welcome everyone to part two of our Crystal Waltman's adventure here on the Beacon of Light podcast. She is here now live, which is fantastic. So we are going to do this a second time. Y'all ready? Here we go. I'm April Tribe Juke. Welcome to the Beacon of Light podcast. I believe we are all made with light and light is hope. This podcast brings authors who write stories of hope to all of you. Your journey to be inspired and amplified by these stories starts now. All right, we're back, and we are now here with Crystal Waltman live. So all of you who joined me earlier, you got a great, a great preview of her book. You can see it all up there behind you. Look at that. You're already getting some love in the house. That's great. So welcome here, Miss Crystal, and tell us a little bit about where you're broadcasting from and how you are doing this evening. Yeah, first I want to say I'm sorry I wasn't on earlier. I missed the time change thing. <laughs> so, or our time difference. Um, so it's great to be here. I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona, where I live with my family, my husband and my daughter, and all is good. Awesome. Well, thank you, John. Thank you, Sandra, for joining us again here live. It is awesome to see you all here this evening. So tonight, as you guys can see, please go ahead and share, like this out. Let's amplify Miss Crystal's message. Now, she is an award-winning author, 2020, right? This is a nice award-winning author. So tell us about that experience of winning the award and what has happened since that time? Oh, thanks, April. Um, yes, I won Health Book of the Year, um, number one in for that category. And it's just, it brought a lot of light, you know, to the book. And it's just been fantastic. I'm, I'm developing some courses that are going to come out the first of the year. And they're all based around sobriety. My message is... Um, the steps to sobriety and it's basically in my book in my book sorry my phone just kicked on my uh my message my book is part memoir part self-help and it's just the you know my journey through it and how i became sober and how i stopped abusing myself wow very powerful that statement of abusing yourself is really I think an impact that maybe might open up some eyes when we are talking negative to ourselves, when when we are feeling in that down part or when we take part of self-injurious behaviors, which I think substance abuse is part of that, that idea of abusing ourselves is really a, a, I would say a paradigm shift, um, a perspective mm -hmm. shift because that also allows for an amazing opportunity to change because only we can change ourselves. So if you're abusing yourself, guess what? Everyone out there, there is great hope because you can change that. What do you think about that, Miss Crystal? There is. And, you know, I tried to stop for many years and couldn't stop by myself. And it got to a point where I had to surrender and ask for help. And, you know, there's strength in asking for help, not weakness. and the, because information is doubling all the time, um, there's so much information out there where, you know, during COVID, I was able to reach more people, um, 
because, you know, through the technology and stuff. So that all worked out really well. I think because of the pandemic, some people realized maybe they had a problem and some people just stopped because they wanted to keep their immune systems up. And they're like, let me uh, be the vic victor of this and let me, you know, do everything I can for myself. So I'm going to do everything to boost my immune system and, you know, putting, Outside substance definitely is not the thing, you know, you just want to eat enzyme rich foods. If you can pluck it, plant it, pluck it, plow it, you know, that's a great choice. God made foods. And you just, for me, it was just to stop, stop doing things that weren't serving me anymore. That's right. Say that again. If you can click it, plow it, pluck it, say that again. That was awesome. Pick it, plant it, pluck it, plow it. Excellent. It's so true. There is such help and a realization within yourself to know you can do that healing with that help and support. So tell us what your lowest low was when you realized, okay, I need that call for help. Yeah. So just sick and tired of being sick and tired. But every Monday, you know, I was caught in the prison between my head of this what I was causing to myself. And every Monday I would try to stop and be like, I'm not going to do that again. My life was filled with blank spaces um, and just making bad choices. And I would give up everything for one thing, for the drink, right? To get to the drink. As soon as I started drinking, all bets were off. And now I gave up one thing and I have everything back. So, you know, it's really when you become emotional, when you become physically sober, then you become emotionally sober. It gives you the keys to the kingdom. And, you know, all the promises come true of fear of people and economic insecurities will leave you. You'll intuitively know how to handle situations that used to baffle you. And, you know, you can close the gap between dreaming and doing and just stop playing small. That's right. When you stop playing small, what was your first um, activity that you did when you finished playing small? What did you do? What did you start to do? Yeah, so, you know, I, I, I had my 40th birthday and I was sober at my 40th birthday. First off, I could never picture myself 40 or over. Like I just never, I lived a high, you know, high reckless life, fast, high reckless, and I just never thought I would make it to the age of 40. And when I made it to my 40th birthday, looking out all out of my friends and family, I just, I felt this revelation and this calling, like this nudge inside me to do something greater. And that's when I decided to recover out loud. And through the process of recovering out loud, um, I wrote a book, did the memoir part, and then that just like gave me wings. So basically just taking people through steps. And um, so, yeah, the book just gave me wings. And that was the, the first thing to answer your question. The first thing I did was write the book. Amazing. And that is really what happened in your transformation as you were writing the book. Did anything surprise you while you were writing it? Yeah, they say, you know, from the time you start writing a book till the time that your book comes to life or is published, you know, you become a different person. And I couldn't agree more. You know, some people write books for many different reasons, but it is very, in my case, it was very healing because I decided to put everything out there and all these things, you know, they say like, you're only as sick as your secrets. So you're holding on to all this stuff. And then I wrote it all down and let it out. And guess what? People still love you anyways. They don't care as much as you think they care, you know, and it's just these self-limiting 
beliefs that you keep telling yourself that is keeping you sick. Wow. Your self-limiting beliefs keep you sick. Mm -hmm. Very true. I call that self-limiting belief a comfort cage. It's very comfortable, right? That's you build, right. You build that cage, man, you, you got pillows in there, whatever, <laughs> but they are lie after lie after fear yes. after fear. And you place those rungs and you build your cage as large or small as you need it to be. And it's comfortable to stay there. And it's really easy to long for everything you see without outside of that cage. But when you're brave enough, like you said, with your secrets to open that door, you then walk into a learning zone because it's not an easy place, right? And there's many times you're like, I'll just, I'm just going to, you know, head on back there, <laughs> place over there. I'm just going to go back there. And what stopped you from going back there? What was it in your life that stopped that? I think it was a community that I established during the healing process, you know, just to know that I wasn't alone in the process. And then you, I've created this community of sober spiritual sisters and they're just there. They're there for you. You know, I was so worried about losing friends and not being part of something. And now my life is so much greater and richer with quality relationships. So I think building the community of, you know, asking for help, and getting the support from support groups and whatnot is what has kept me growing because it's like, I see people ahead of me that I want to, you know, I see their light and their light carries me. Then there's, then there's people that are newer that I want to help them. You know what I mean? So it's like tethering yourself to somebody ahead of you and behind you is like really what keeps you solid. That's right. That grounding, that idea that we are not alone within the journey. I discussed earlier before you were able to pop on about not being enough. And it's really true. We are not enough on ourselves, for ourselves. We have to connect with the community. And then suddenly we discover where the enough is. Because if you hold it all within yourself, who cares? You right. need to go out there and share. Our light was meant to be shown. It was not meant to be hid. If your light is hidden, then it's out. That's right. What good is it? You have to be able to shine it out further beyond yourself. And I love that um, visual that you have of tethering to someone who's moving forward. And you have yourself tethered and offering to someone else. Mm -hmm. So together, this journey really together. can continue. Yeah, you yeah. Stronger and stronger together, better together, better, better together. That's right. Better together. So what are you up to now with um, your great award? You've been out there showing with people through the pandemic how they can become healthy. What are you up to now? Yeah, mostly speaking. Um, I have a message, an hackable message that I'm teaching corporately. I have a mom's message that I deliver that's filled with faith. And then I have a sobriety message. So really I have three keynote messages. And then um, I'm building, you know, just keep building up the community, the community of quitting to win. And the, it's called the winner's circle. And um, like I said, I'm going to have a course coming out at the first of the year. And it, it will it will just take you step by step. You know, there's videos, there's downloads, you know, it'll take you step by step of how to 
find it, you know, how to get the keys to the kingdom. That's right. Yeah. When you were discovered those keys, what did you want to do with that? Yeah, it's, it's just amazing. Um, the relationships and doors that have opened up since I have put myself out there. Um, I've aligned myself with the sold out youth foundation, which is a program that goes into schools and gets kids to commit to abstinence for drugs and alcohol. I'm also aligned with another charity called one mile and we're doing a race across America, um, this summer, but that's just bringing light to veterans and, um, sober, you know, vet people that become sober and then are just all doing great. So the sold out youth foundation really has a really close place in my heart of reaching kids. I am a head coach of a softball team. So I'm back out on there and on the field in the dirt, which there's no place I'd rather be than be in the dirt <laughs> when it's not in season. I'm hiking a mountain, you know, to be in the dirt, but I really believe that dirt builds up your immune system. And it's like the best thing, you know, we, we were practicing sliding today and everybody was getting dirty. Um, but just carrying that message to the youth and passing it on, um, just really how to keep a strong mental health. I think that's really what has rose out of this pandemic and stuff is like mental health. And there's five non-negotiables that I go through daily. So I'm sober. Okay. So I took out the substance, but what do I need to put in? my brain to maintain that on a daily basis and that's water because we can't function without water and most people are walking around dehydrated um, so when's the best time to drink water first thing in the morning drink water before you drink coffee the second thing is sleep protect your sleep um, have a good sleep hygiene shut off your notifications cool the room down take a bath drink your good night tea the third thing is food, eat enzyme rich foods. Like I said, if you could pick it, plant it, pluck it. If God made foods over packaged foods are going to release the dopamine connection with the higher power and with your community and then movement. So those five things I practice on a daily basis to keep a strong mental health, but it's really just the fundamentals of mental health because any lack of those things would be low serotonin or low dopamine or low would then could and would trigger an addiction. It can trigger anxiety, depression, overeating if you don't have that solid foundation. That's right. That foundation is something really strong. And I love how you're going in with youth because you as a youth suffered with alcohol. That's where it all kind of started. And, you know, I'm sure your perspective as a youth was like, I'm not suffering. I'm partying. Or whatever, right. right? So, so there's a difference there because our, I have a young mind, and you know what feels good is good. So there we go. I mean, we, I've got all the wisdom in the world. I'm, I'm 14. I got it. What feels right. good is good. <laughs> so, um, that start. How old were you when you started in your youth to start drinking? Yeah, 14 was my first drunk, um, and I was on the varsity team of a softball. I was freshman playing with the varsities. We won our region and I was invited to the celebration party. And that was the first time. And socially, I probably wasn't ready to be at that party. And I took that first drink and I felt this zoom of relaxation, just go right through me like zoom. And then that night was followed with a blackout. 
but I couldn't wait to get back to that Zoom, like feeling that relaxation again. So I worked hard. I was a great student, played hard, and then my weekends were filled with blackout and binge drinking. Um, and I could stop for periods of time, but whenever I would train for something or do something, it was always followed up with, um, you know, a blackout celebration. And, and I just realized that that's, I just don't want this for my life anymore. So yeah, it started early. So that's why I feel very passionate about getting to kids. I didn't have any abstinence programs at my school. There was nobody teaching that message. There was a message of dare, which was don't drink and drive. And I, that message was implanted in me, like, don't break the law, don't drink and drive. Right. But there were so many ways to get around it. So I always thought, well, if I'm not breaking the law, then I'm not harming anybody. But really it was just harming myself. Big realization there. Mm -hmm. I'm not hurting anyone else. Ah, doesn't matter. No, you matter. And that importance is such a huge part to help youth realize that you matter. And what they're going to be bringing to the table as they get older from that youth to there, it's a tough sell, right? It's good I, I'm right here. Right? I think future is tough. I think so. I don't know. You know, we have some famous current athletes delivering the message of sobriety to them. And it's saying, you know, don't start. And here's what I did. And not everybody has to hit a bottom to be sober. You know, so it's carrying this message of what are your, are your goals and your why's bigger than bigger than that. And we um, there's a QR code, there's a pledge that you can take. And so you can see the rate of return and when it's working in schools and not. And it's, you know, it's picking up. So it's called sold out like, you know, you're selling out, but it's at base. So it puts them immediately part of a community. Which was the first step, you know, so if they know there's somebody else out there that's not going to be drinking on Friday night, somewhere else in the world, you know, they can have these strong, sober friends who have decided to take the Pledge of Abstinence. Amazing. That pledge really can set them on a journey to really help them to reach what their potential inside really is. And that is such powerful um, messages to to share with with so many so many groups. Um, I now have the opportunity to work in a high school setting as I'm teaching, mm-hmm. and my students are are some special needs in that kind of part. So their social connections usually aren't connected with their friends drinking. However, they see it and they ask questions and they wonder about why how it just seems dumb (laughs) they get lots of really interesting (laughs) questions with this they have such wisdom and hopefully as they keep following in that direction they can kind of miss that part because they see that they they might not be able to read everything or do the math on things but they can see the emotional registry of who is happy who is hurting and who needs help and i just feel like i'm with these 15 little light bulbs all day long and it's really amazing and as we go through the hallway they are just shining this out as fact i have one who she comes up to everyone hi friend hi friend hi friend and i have seen her lift those 
that probably have not had that feeling for a while. And right. she will reach to everyone, no matter what their outward appearance is, she goes in for the heart. And it's such a great lesson. And so, you know, these concepts of, of going in with youth, helping them to reach beyond, showing them there are so many others out there. You're not alone. That's huge. That's such a big thing. When you discovered all of, you know, your sobriety, what was it that shocked you within that part? You know, going to AA meetings, finding a community. What opened your eyes that you were surprised about during that part of the journey? Well, I guess going to my community and then seeing people laugh and be happy and connect. And I'm like, how are they so happy without any substance? Like I just, it made me feel uncomfortable. And because if I was happy, I would drink. If I was sad, I would drink. And here, here they are just happy and they give you hugs. And it was like the most uncomfortable thing. You know, you're like, why is everybody hugging me? They're saying, don't, you know, don't leave till the miracle happens. You know, we hope to see you next week. And it just was really the ha happiness and joy, like I guess authentic happiness and joy. I guess that is what I was so shocked by. Like, wow. And now I, now I get it. I can see it. I can sit in the park. I can, you know, there's very few things that get me upset or whatever. And I'm just like, I can see the joy in every day because I know you know, yesterday's gone, tomorrow's not promised, and today's the present. And so I think it just it just brought me back to present. And that gets rid of all the anxiety. You don't worry about yesterday. That gets rid of the depression. You stop shooting on yourself. Like, I should have done this. I should have done that. And, uh, you know, you just really live in the moment. So authentic joy is what surprised me the most. What a gift. To have that fully, to see it, and now to experience it yourself, and I'm sure to share it out with so many other people, that reality of what joy can bring that comes in without any kind of chains attached to it is so freeing. It is just pure light. And when you can amplify that out there, it is incredible. Incredible. So, Ms. Crystal, as we kind of wrap it up this evening, share with us what your two-minute message would be to the entire world. Go for it. The floor is yours. You are not alone. If you or somebody, somebody close to you is suffering, please ask for help. There are many different resources out there. If you are a student, you can take a pledge and find a community and bring the message home and push it up to your parents. If you're an adult and you have kids and you've been caught in this insanity of same and can't get out of it before hitting bottom, before losing your rights, you know, reach out and get help. So there's things that you can log on to 24 hours a day and somebody will be there. So don't be scared to ask for help. You can please reach out to me. I can be your front door into this new path of sobriety and um, you can have the keys to the kingdom too. I love you and you are enough. 
beautifully said, beautifully said. Thank you so much for being a part of this this evening. Thank you, Miss Ashley Mincer, for letting us know your journey. 23 months. Congratulations. And it is a decision. I love how you take that ownership on that. Great job, right? Well, thank you, everybody, for being a part of this. Thank you for coming live. Thank you for sh showing up on the repeat. I think it's awesome. Oh, Crystal, thanks. thank you again. And all out there, use your light, amplify it out, share your message, and do it with joy. We'll see everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.